Radio Mystery Theater presents... that said, a wise woman never yields by appointment. It should always be an unexpected happiness. That may very well be the ideal situation. However, we have those neglected ladies who keep waiting and waiting. And some of them have waited for so long that they cannot really be blamed if they take steps to arrange for the unexpected. What do you want? I want to gamble on you. I want to bet you really would like to get out. Get out? You're not in as deep as you think. We can say you cooperated with these people because we wanted to expose them. We? We. You need me. Look at me. Am I so hard to take? Oh, no. I'll save you, darling, from your worst enemy. Yourself. written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tammy Grimes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Here's a bit of philosophy that is 2,300 years old. A woman's time of opportunity is short, and if she doesn't seize it, no one wants to marry her. And so she sits and waits and watches for omens. Laura McRae has been confidential secretary to that renowned political scientist and advisor to presidents, Professor Morgan Lowcroft, for the past 12 years. And during all that time, she has been sitting and watching and waiting for omens that might suggest she could become something more. Unfortunately... There haven't been any. Come in, please. Oh, Miss McCray, come in. Have a seat. It's nine o'clock. You're right on time. Uh, did you have a good night's rest? No, Doctor Waller, I did not. Oh. Well, I may have to prescribe a sedative. I don't want to start that sort of thing. Well, we may need it for your treatment. I'm very tired, Doctor Waller. Do you mind if I go back to my room? No, no, by all means. Get some rest. You'll feel better. No, I won't feel better. Not till I find someone who believes me. Well, give me a chance to trust me. Why should I trust you? What have you got to lose? What have I got to gain? I've already lost everything. I'll never get another job. Uh, tell me what happened. I don't know what happened. Hmm. How did it begin? When did it begin? I don't remember. You don't want to remember? Let me alone. You won't believe me. Tell me the truth, and I'll believe you. The truth. How did it begin? How did it begin? When did it begin? It never began. It always was. I loved him. Even before I met him. Does that make me sound crazy? No. It was always Dr. Lowcroft and Miss McRae. He was very good to me. 
But I didn't want that. I wanted him. There were women from time to time. He was a flirtatious man. But I didn't mind. They didn't mean anything. I had the best part of him. The part that negotiated with presidents and prime ministers. I was with him when he was truly alive. It's just... Yes. It's just that I wanted more. Oh, not much. Just a little bit more. I understand. No, you don't. And that morning you walked into the office, the way he always did, with that quick little smile on his face, and I said, good morning, Dr. Lowcroft. And you know, he would never say good morning to me. He would just wink his eye and say, let's get to work, Miss McRae. Now come inside with this morning's tale of woe. Number one, you're to call the president. Yes, and who else? I should think you'd want to return the president's call immediately. Why? Because you always do. <laughs> you see how we become slaves of habit. Uh, read on, Miss McRae. Would you be willing to give the commencement address at Western University? No. And Miss Mallet's call? Ah, yes. Who is Miss Mallet? You've never heard of the beautiful, desirable Madeline Mallet? Oh. I saw her latest film. Right. I believe you're blushing, Miss McRae. True, it was quite frank and even clinical in certain places, but all in all a work of art, which is how one must look at these things, no? I suppose so. I asked myself, what would it be like to spend an evening with a woman of so much vitality? I phoned her and left word. I'm surprised she returned my call. It would be a surprise if she didn't return your call. Now, Miss McRae, I need your advice. I called Madeline Merritt on the spur of the moment. But, as you well know, I am not a spur-of-the-moment person. Now, well, I, I need your guidance. After all, you're an expert on love. Mm-hmm. As a female, the fact is that love is for women. What did Lord Byron say? Man's love is of man's life, a thing apart. But is a woman's whole existence. Lord Byron never outgrew his juvenile fantasy. But he was right. Now, should I back away from Miss Madeline Maris? You're asking me for advice? Of course. You're the one person in the world I can trust completely. Dr. Lowcroft, I would rather you didn't involve me in these, in these affairs of yours. Mr. Cray, you know how we do things around here. Prepare me a position paper. Well? Yes, sir. Since Miss Maris's appeal could only be considered physical, there are those who would say you are exploiting her purely for pleasure. Uh, yes. It might prove difficult to shed Miss Maris. Should you tire of her charms? Why? She's America's sex goddess. And so people would assume that she was too much for you. Or perhaps you were not enough for her. You could become an object of ridicule. Very incisively put, Miss McRae. Now you know why I've kept you all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Lowcroft's office. One moment, please. It's Miss Madeline Maris. Are you here? Oh, well, so much for all our honest resolve and intelligent design. Hello there. Yes, himself. Uh, what did I have in mind? For dinner this evening. Huh? Oh, some quiet spot where we would not be besieged by the media. Oh, your place is fine. Seven is excellent, of course. Till then. Uh, uh, make a note, Miss McRae. I need a bottle of Chateau Lafitte off shield. Uh, no, i better wait to see if she has the palate for it. For a first date, a very good domestic wine is in order. Dr. Lowcroft, 
Are you really going to have a date with Madeline Maris tonight? Yes, my dear, and wish me luck. Dr. Lokoff. Look, don't I... look so troubled. I know how to be very discreet. It isn't that. It's... It's what? Uh, yes? I... I better answer the phone. Dr. Lokoff's office. One moment. It's a Mr. Jeremy Wilmot. Are you in? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? Yes, I just finished reading it. Mm-hmm. No, you're on to something. Oh, only a few suggestions. Uh, I made them on the margins. I'll send it down with my secretary. She'll guard it with her life. Uh, what's the best hotel on the beach? Uh, good. She'll be there this evening. Right. Goodbye, Jeremy. How would you like a little vacation? Uh, in Florida. Where is that envelope? Uh, it's in my attaché case. Uh, yeah, here it is. A vacation? In here, a manuscript by Jeremy Wilmot. The historic roots of the economies of emerging nations. It sounds grim, but it's great. Dr. Lokar. Now, you check into the Beach Royale for a few days and let yourself go. But I have so many things to do. You need a vacation. You're tense. You're nervous. Irritable. Out of sorts. Oh. Whatever's gotten into you, a few days off will sweeten you again. But I can't spare the time. You know how we do things around here, Mr. Gray. Now, I'll drive you to the airport myself. <laughs> I was on a flight to Miami. You didn't think it unusual? He was always sending me off somewhere on an hour's notice. I was lucky it was Miami, Florida. Could have been Karachi, India. And uh, and then what happened? You know what happened. I told it over and over. What happened, Miss McCray? The thing. The thing at the baggage claim. The manuscript envelope. It was in my suitcase. It was too big to fit into my carry-on bag. It was in my suitcase. And my suitcase wasn't there when I arrived in Miami. What did you do? I waited. I waited and waited. Then I went to see the person in charge. Uh, do you recall what you said to that person? I was very upset. I said, look here, my suitcase is missing. You've got to find my suitcase. And he said... Uh, ma'am, we are doing our best. There's an important manuscript in that suitcase. Do you understand? Uh, you, you you come in on flight seven from Washington, huh? I don't like to do this. I hate to try to impress you, but I'm working for Dr. Morgan Lowcroft. Well, well, I am doing the best I can. Now, if it's not good enough, maybe Dr. Morgan Lowcroft can come down here and look for a suitcase himself. Huh? But it'll be my fault if it's gone. Things like this simply cannot happen to me. Yeah, they can happen to anybody. Hey, Theodore. You put down that comic book and check to see is everything out on Flight 7, huh? Yeah, I got a lady here, so you just keep on looking. Does this mean you haven't found my suitcase? Well, I'm going to turn place inside out and upside down, okay? But everything was in that suitcase. Ma'am, what's the problem? We don't find it. You get a whole brand new outfit on the house. But the manuscript... So it's a manuscript. There's got to be a duplicate copy, huh? <laughs> Why does it have to be the end of the world? I don't know what's the matter with me, son. I'm sorry. Well, you just write down where you're staying, huh? And I guarantee in one hour, one way or the other, you're going to hear from me. Well, how do you do? Oh, it's you. From the airline. Yes, ma'am. I thought I'd better bring it over myself. That can't be my suitcase. <laughs> it looks a lot worse than it is. 
It's destroyed. Well, we are sorry, ma'am. You get a new one. But how did it get so mangled? Well, we got this mechanical lefter and sometimes... Well, anyhow, your clothes seem to be okay now. But anything you want to replace, well, we... The envelope. It's ripped. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's more than maybe a couple of pages that might be readable. Let me look. The first two, three, four, five, six pages have been torn. It don't look too bad. The whole thing appears to be so crumpled. I'll have to type a fresh copy. Uh, look, do you want us to handle that for you? No, thank you. You've done enough. Well, now, you let us know if we can help out. I will. Goodbye. Yeah, well, have a nice vacation. desk. This is Miss McCray in 912. I would like a typewriter, paper, and some carbon, please. Uh, no, I know it's difficult at this time of day. No, tomorrow morning will not do. I am working for Dr. Morgan Lokoff. Yes. Uh, within 30 minutes? Thank you. If we are to consider the specific of the distribution of American military forces throughout the world, we may design the proper countermeasures to halt the insidious spread of American imperialism. What? Yes, Miss McRae. Miss McRae? There it was, Dr. Waller. I couldn't believe it. I read the entire manuscript and... and uh, please, uh, calm yourself, Mr. McCray. Calm myself. I'm telling you about a plot to reveal the entire system of our defense. And you tell me to be calm. You must. It is important. I'm telling you that a man who operates on the highest levels of our government, who knows every single secret, is a foreign agent, and you want me to be calm? Miss McCray. I'm telling you... This man is a traitor and a spy. And you want me to keep calm. I don't know. I don't know if I would want her to be calm. After all, she's making quite a lethal charge. But then perhaps Dr. Waller knows something that's hidden from the rest of us at this point. Anyhow, we shall see who is going to keep calm in Act Two. But short of that, we can really use all the help we can get. It's all very well to advise people to be self-reliant, but then it all depends on the kind of self one has to begin with, right? I'm asking you to be calm, Miss McRae, so that you may give me a full description of the event. Dr. Waller, you already have that description. Now, let me see if I can understand what you're saying. What is there to understand? Uh, please, please, Miss McRae. Where is the difficulty? Morgan Lowcroft said to me, take this envelope which contains a manuscript by a Mr. Jeremy Wilmot and deliver it to him in Florida. Accidentally, I happened to see the contents of the envelope. It's a document written by Dr. Lowcroft himself, filled with the most vital military and economic secrets. Well, what did you do then? No, please. Don't pass this on as if it's merely a weather report. Do you realize the implications of what I've just told you? Yes. 
Do you believe what I just told you? I accept what you just told me. I'm sick and tired of being patronized by people like you. I'm going back to my room. You will go back to your room and do what? I am the last person in the world you can talk to. After me, who is there? <sighs> now, you claim it was a document filled with military secrets. It was. Your next move? I didn't know what to do. I sat there, trying to think. I suddenly felt all alone in the world. I had to touch with someone, with something. Without knowing why, I turned on the television set. There was a marvelous burst of music and color. And her face. Madeline Morris's face was on the screen. I was so angry, I lost all control of myself. Somehow, I blamed her for what he had done. You blamed her? Why? I don't know why. It's just that I felt she was part of something that was corrupting him. I wanted to smash the TV screen, but I was afraid it would explode or something, so I turned it off. Yes. And then the phone rang. I let it ring. And then I thought I'd better answer. Hello? Again, uh, is Miss Laura McRae? Yes. I'm Jeremy Wilbur. Oh. I do hope you've had a pleasant trip. Uh, hello? Yes? May I come up for a manuscript? Um. Uh, perhaps if you are busy, we could have some dinner. Oh. Or a drink. At any rate, I, I cannot wait to see my manuscript and Morgan's suggestions. Why don't I just pick it up? No, I'll, I'll meet you downstairs, in the lobby. Well, did you meet him in the lobby? Dr. Waller, I wanted to get away from there. I wanted to run with that envelope. I wasn't going to give it to him. I wanted to get back to the airport. But how? And then I realized he didn't know me. He'd never seen me. So I took the elevator downstairs. <laughs> I didn't meet him. But the trouble was, he met me just as I was about to go out the door. Uh, Miss McRae, Miss McRae, here I am. Um, uh, Miss McRae, I'm Jeremy Wilman. Uh, you see, I recognize the manuscript envelope uh, you're carrying. Well, uh, here I am. Yes. So, uh, thank you very much for taking this trouble. Uh, uh, may I have it? What? Uh, no. No? Miss McRae, what, what did you just say? I said no. Well, I'm afraid I don't understand. You were sent here specifically to deliver this manuscript. Uh, to deliver it to me. You can't have it. Mr. Gray, is something the matter with you? I said you can't have it. Now, I must insist. Take your hands off me. Don't you dare touch me. Do you mean that uh, we're going to have a scene about this? Take your hands off me. Please, if something's the matter, let me help you. Get away from me. Hey, hey, what's going on? This man is attempting to uh, to attack me. Hey, hey, hold it, boy. Now, look, all I'm trying to do... Help me, somebody, please. Help me. Uh, did you receive help, Miss McRae? Oh, yes, Doctor. In a moment, he was surrounded by an angry crowd. In a confusion, I slipped out the door and into a taxi. Soon I was at the airport and on a plane back to Washington. I was so frightened. I could hardly breathe. Frightened? Of what? Well, by now they knew. They? The ring of spies and secret agents of which Morgan Lowcraft was a part. Would they be waiting for me at the airport in Washington? I somehow made it to cab stand. I went directly to Morgan Lowcroft's apartment. He wasn't home. I decided to wait in the study. 
Oh, how did you get into the apartment? I have a key. It was midnight. And then one a.m. And two. And finally, just a few minutes before three, I heard the door. Miss Dupree, what are you doing here? I see you didn't spend the night with Miss Vance. What are you doing here? I read the manuscript. You did? Obviously, Jeremy Wilmot didn't have a chance to get in touch with you. He's probably been booked for disorderly conduct. Jeremy Wilmot booked for disorderly conduct? Jeremy? Obviously, you didn't hear me. I said I read the manuscript. I heard you. What are you going to do about it? Well, that depends. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to save you. How? First, tell me why you did it. Well, I, I don't think I really know. Yes, you do. Every boy dreams of becoming president. Most of them get over it. Some of us don't. But you have almost as much willpower as the president. Yeah, that's the trouble. Almost. It would be better if I had no power at all. It's the near miss that can cause the fatal wound. But you never tried to become president. You never tried to run for any office. I could never win. They see me as too much the uh, egghead, too much the professor. Are you trying to tell me that you became a traitor because you hoped if a foreign power could take over the country, you would be installed as a leader or dictator or whatever? <laughs> Mr. McCray, you have this remarkable talent for oversimplification. But stripped down, you have just illuminated the essential kernel of truth. Do you want me to save you? Save me? Miss McRae, do you know the people you're dealing with? You could be dead by tomorrow. So could you. That manuscript is in a safe place. It'll be made public if anything ever happens to me. What are you proposing? I'm gambling on you. On my ability to read the real, the true Morgan Lowcroft. I believe you're in over your head. In your heart, you want to get out of this. But you think you're in too deep. But you're not. No. It was a foolish notion. You gave in to it. And before you knew it, you lost control. But we can regain it. We can say you cooperated with these people so you could reveal and expose them. We? Yes, we. You need me. Look at me. And am I so hard to look at? No. I'll save you, Morgan. Darling, I'll save you from your worst enemy. Yourself. You, you'd better answer that. Hello? Oh, yes. Yes, Miss Maris. He did arrive home safely. No, no, there's no point in calling him in the morning. He'll be busy for a long time to come. Good night. Now, hold on, Miss McRae. My name is Laura. Call me Laura, darling. As you know, Miss McRae... Both Dr. Wilmot and Dr. Lowcraft tell completely different stories. They're lying. And Dr. Jeremy Wilmot is a professor of economics in a leading Florida university. He is known to have uh, no subversive connections. I know his version. And Morgan Lowcraft's version by heart. Uh, Dr. Lowcraft denies ever having written such a document. Naturally. What else could he do? But uh, let us continue with your story. You confronted him early that morning when you returned from Florida. Yes. And then? I insisted we move immediately to expose the spy ring to the authorities. But he said we would have to proceed cautiously. Well, well what made you decide, uh, finally, 
that he could no longer be trusted? It was Madeline Maris. Oh? He had promised me that that he would no longer see her or have anything to do with her. And uh, he broke that promise? Yes. He had been meeting her in secret. But you know Washington and the columnists. You can't hold them off for too long. One morning I was reading the paper and in one of the columns it said, In out-of-the-way places, two familiar faces, beauty and the brain, Morgan and Maddie. It could have been gossip. I checked it with the reporter. It was all over town. Everyone knew it but me. So I confronted him with it. I said to him, you lied to me. And you know what he did? He, he just laughed. <laughs> oh, my poor Miss McCray. Don't laugh at me. Our agreement was that you were to drop Madeline Maris. Now, let me tell you about our agreement. When you behaved so inexplicably, I didn't know what to make of it. You had created a wild story about me being a foreign agent. I have the evidence. Now, let me finish, please, Mr. Gray. I looked at you as you talked to me. I could see how distressed you were. Of course. It wasn't an easy moment for me. So I decided to play along. Play along? This is no game. I was hoping perhaps you might come to your senses. But, Miss McRae, I am not helping you by perpetuating this farce. We'll see who thinks it's a farce when that document is made public. I wouldn't advise you to do that. Are you threatening me? I'm counseling you. Yes. Uh, you need good counsel. Sensible, practical guidance. Don't try that tactically with me. I know how you operate. The wise, calm, patient, all-knowing expert. Along about this time, you should be lighting your pipe. You should be quoting from Aristotle. Now, Mr. McRae, it's difficult to live here at the summit. To be a part of the frenzy. Yes, that's what it is. And to realize how fragile, how thin the line between war and peace is. How easily the world can simply cease to exist even five minutes from now. You have betrayed your country. It's more than most people can stand. And so many of us give way. You know, bend, crack, break. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's like... It's like combat fatigue. Now, let me help you. I'm not the one who needs help. Take a leave of absence with full pay, of course. You're not going to get rid of me, Dr. Lokoff. Rest. Relax. And then when you're better, come back. Your job will be waiting. How could I ever get along without you? Is that your attitude? I'll have to go to the FBI. As I said, I would not advise you to do that. What are you going to do about it? Do you propose to have me killed? Killed? Oh, no. No, of course not. But dear Laura McRae, if you persist in this foolishness, it will be something much worse. Something much worse than being killed? A fate worse than death? What can such a prospect be? Especially to a lady like Laura McRae. Each of them talks to the other like a person who holds a winning hand. But who has the aces and who has the deuces? The showdown is scheduled for Act Three. Once again, we talk about the basic stuff of life. 
life and fiction, reality and illusion. What is real and what do we imagine? Laura McRae says she read a document which proves Morgan Lowcroft is a traitor. He claims there's no such document at all. Now, what can you believe? Which of them is telling the truth? But uh, then again, what is truth? Morgan, why are we fighting with each other? Why do you want to destroy me? I want to save you. From what? From the corruption you're drowning in. Miss McRae, things cannot possibly continue in this manner. That's right. I have a duty to perform. And greater than any feeling I may hold for you. Yes. There are so many who worship at your shrine, Morgan. And I was the most devout of them all. I was even willing to accept the fact that you could betray your country. Why not? How could treason be bad if Morgan Lowcroft is a traitor? But we're finished. Finished, Morgan. I'm going to the police and to the media. Don't. I'm sorry. The magic is gone. At one time, I'd have done anything under the sun for your sake, but no more. Not for my sake, but for yours. Goodbye, Morgan. You can't stop me. That's what I thought. But he did stop me. It seems I forgot something. You know what I forgot, Doctor? Tell me. I forgot that he was the establishment... And you simply do not buck the establishment. I went to a top officer in intelligence, someone I knew. You develop contacts. You know who to see to get things done. He listened to me very intently. And when I finished, he looked at me and he said... Thank you, Miss McRae. We'll take this under advisement. Colonel, what are you saying? I'm saying we'll investigate. No, Colonel, that's not what you're saying at all. Miss McRae. Let me tell you what you're saying with your eyes, your manner, and that tone of your voice. You're saying I'll humor this kook and get rid of her as gracefully as I can. No, Miss McRae. I know the drill. I had to get rid of kooks myself. You're seeing me because you want to be covered, but that's as far as it goes. He's talked to you already, hasn't he? Miss McRae, we have run a check on Dr. Lowcroft that is so exhaustive he couldn't swat a fly without our knowing it. You mean you're just going to sit there? I have to. Because if I tried to follow up on what you've told me, I couldn't get anywhere either. But this man is a foreign agent. It's obvious. Go home. This document. You read it. Yes, but how can you prove he wrote it? What should I have done? Why did you confront him? Why didn't you come to me first? I could have investigated quietly. This way you alerted him. You can accept the fact that I could be right and yet disregard me completely. Yes. How can you sit there and say that so calmly? It's hard to explain this, but you know something? Even if you're right, it's not the end of the world. Ourselves, our adversaries, what secrets do we really have from each other? I can't accept that. I believe it matters. What's your complaint, Miss McRae? You say the media's sitting on the story. My paper published it. My station's carried it. But look at how you slandered it. Miss Laura McRae claims. Miss McRae alleges. Well, that's what they are. Claims. 
allegation. I stated basic facts. If I told the story as you told it to me, I could be sued for libel. The subheadline spinster says Dr. Lowcroft admitted his guilt. What about it? Do you have to label me as a spinster? How does the dictionary define spinster? An unmarried woman. Does that describe you? If I were an unmarried man, would the headlines describe me as a bachelor? Spinster. There's something... Something ungainly. Something wrong. What right does a woman have not to be married? There must be something wrong with her. You came to us with a story. Because of your position, we printed it. We have now discharged our duty. It's up to the authorities to take it further. I showed you that document. Well, he denies that he ever gave it to you. And here we go, round and round again. I have a responsibility. Yes, and I know to whom. Yourself. You're scared, Mr. Jones. Of what? You're afraid to be frozen out. You won't get any more inside information, any off-the-record briefings. You're not going to rock the boat. You're not going to make a powerful enemy. Just between you and me, Miss McRae, what's the real story? I told you the real story. Oh, no, no, you didn't. I've been around this town too long not to recognize a vendetta when I see one. What did he do to you? Are you trying to say there's something personal in this? There has to be. I only... Is that what you think? A woman of your inside experience and understanding? How could you miscalculate so badly? Hey, yes, Miss McRae. How could you? I thought... No, it doesn't matter anymore. But it does. Nobody cares about me. I care about you. As a patient. As a person. How can you care about me as a person? I'm a spinster. There's something so pathetic. No. Ludicrous. About that word. I find you attractive. Perhaps you do. There's a tone in your voice. I recognize it. Oh. You're quite a woman for recognizing tones and voices. It's a talent you develop. You have a seductive tone. Why, uh, I wasn't aware of it. Why did you say you find me attractive? Well, you have a, uh, a quality of inner strength, of integrity. At my age, a man finds that more uh, appealing than the superficiality. Uh, uh, let's continue. You actually find me attractive? What, uh, <clears throat> what did you do after you saw the publisher? You do find me attractive. Yes, Miss McRae. Say Miss McRae again. Why? McRae. Name is hard. Crisp. But it sounds so lovely when you say it. Uh, uh, tell me what you did. Yes, I'll tell you. I'll tell you anything. I found out Morgan Lowcroft was right. He didn't have to kill me. I was already dead. As Morgan Lowcroft's secretary, all doors were open to me. As that kooky spinster, Laura McRae, everyone was out when I found. And then, you know what I did? Go ahead. Tell me. Yes, I'll tell you. I was so frustrated, angry. I stood outside the office building. And I actually harangued the people passing by. I'm Laura McRae. I was Morgan Lowcroft's secretary for 12 years till he fired me. The man is a spy and a traitor. And nobody wants to do anything about it. Keep away from me, officer. 
You can't silence me. Nobody can silence me. Surely, Miss McCray. You must call me Nora Douglas. Laura, mm-hmm. you know that that kind of conduct would be considered unbalanced. Yes, but it doesn't matter now. What was wrong with me all those years? Why did I have eyes only for him? Why was I blind to other men? There were men who must have thought I was attractive. There must have been men who looked at me the way you're looking at me now. Well, I'm not aware that I'm looking at you in any specific sort of way. You are? You are? Why did you kill him? Why? For my country. Your country? Yes. I killed him because somebody had to stop him. I went to the apartment. I confronted him. I said, you can't be allowed to get away with this. And once again, he laughed. You should have heard that laugh. <laughs> oh, my poor Laura. Haven't they locked you up yet? Don't talk that way to me. You're insane, dear girl. Insane. I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. I must ask you to leave. I want to save you. Who's that? Can't you guess? I'm surprised she doesn't have her own key. She does, but she keeps losing it. You don't want to be saved. That's right. Goodbye, Miss Lickley. But I'm going to save you. Whether you like it or not. Now, look, this has gone on long enough. If I can't save you in one way, I'll save you in another. This is how I'll save you. You're, you're crazy. Put that down. I'll save you. What did you do? What did you do? I saved you. Keep ringing. Keep ringing. It'll never answer you. And how did you kill him? I killed him with this. This? He had one in his chest. Just like this. Long, sharp, pointed. I remember some years ago he had lost his letter opener and I bought him a new one for Christmas. That one. Where did you get yours? I, uh, I don't remember. I've told you everything. I've told you all my secrets. You know why? Because I'm in love with you. You mustn't say that. I don't care. I need somebody. I must have somebody. Tell me the truth. What truth? Was there actually an incriminating document in that envelope, or did you create that situation yourself? Why would I create it? How could I create it? Because of Madeline Maddox. She wasn't his first affair. But for the first time, you felt vulnerable. Madeline Maddox touched off the explosion. In 12 years, you couldn't get Morgan Lowcraft to look at you. Now, you would force him to. That is not so, Doctor. The mishap with the baggage was the, uh, spark for the explosion. Now, you deliberately typed a brand new manuscript. You could do it. You had access to enough secrets. I didn't do it. I don't care what you say. I know I didn't do it. Well, you, uh, you could have done it without knowing it. Now, now listen to me. Yes. I'll listen. Sometimes, when we want something to happen... We want it so badly, we will it so strongly. Yes. When your voice is soft and sweet like it is now, I listen to anything. Everything. Well, what you did, creating that document, it's been blocked out of your mind. But you have to go back to it. You have got to face it. Whatever you say, we'll face it together, won't we? I'll help you. It is my job. Not only because it's your job. 
say it's more than that. Well, of course it's more than that. I'll keep nothing from you. I'll bear my heart. Expose my soul. Uh, Miss McCray, there is something we must treat now. Oh, excuse me. Dr. Waller. Oh, yes. Yes. No, no, not too late. Yes, I'd like that. Uh, tell the children we can go. Right. You know I do. See you soon. Bye. Who is that? Oh, that was my wife. You didn't tell me you were married? Why didn't you tell me you were married? It has no relation to your therapy. You seduced me. I what? You gave me that loving look. That special tone of voice. You didn't mean either of them. You only wanted to trick me into trusting you. That's it. I told you Miss McCray. What happened to Laura? She's been betrayed again. You'll never do that to anyone else. Miss McCray, put that down. Never. You know by now... That letter opener can be a lethal weapon, so put it down. You betrayed me. I told you the truth, and you betrayed me. You're all against me. Miss McCray. That's right. Back to Miss McCray. The neurotic, frustrated spinster. Laura. It's too late for Laura. But no one will ever betray her again. No, you... No! Don't! Yeah! Oh! Oh! Yeah! Oh! doesn't look as if anyone will ever get the chance either. Our heroine has been put away for quite a long time. It proves, as the poet says, that love suppressed breeds a viper's nest. And was she telling the truth? Was he a spy or was it all a lie? I shall return shortly. On CBS Daytime Television, yours is the best seat in the house for first-run drama weekdays. On Search for Tomorrow, watch stories of real people facing real problems. Then on The Young and the Restless, thrill to the romance and passion of warm young love. Search for Tomorrow and silky, steamy The Young and the Restless. Television's hottest summer shows weekdays. Check your local listing for time. This is Michael Landon. Are you the Michael Landon who talks about Kodak paper on TV? Yeah, that's me. I just love your commercials and your paper. Oh, thanks, but it's Kodak paper. Do you get your pictures printed on Kodak paper, too? Well, absolutely. I always look for you when I get them developed. Uh, you mean you look for the Kodak paper sign with my face on it? Yeah, because I always get Kodak paper where I see you. Um, it. Right. Well, nice talking to you. Yeah, what a handsome sign. <laughs> look for the Kodak paper sign when you get your pictures developed. except for one little boy who piped up. But the emperor is naked. It's too bad the story ends there. It would be most instructive to learn what happened to that clear-eyed little boy. Did everyone appreciate his sincerity and candor? How, if at all, 
Was he rewarded? What sort of future did he have, if any? Was our story a variation on this ancient theme? Well, you know how it is with a good story. It's anything you want it to be. Our cast included Tammy Grimes, Norman Rose, Court Benson, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. After all, he isn't it a close friend or anything like that. I don't know, but I mean, you know, if I'd been in my office, or even at home where I was supposed to be, maybe he wouldn't have done it. Oh, nonsense. I mean, I was here with you. Where you were or weren't has nothing to do with what happened. But it's my fault. Will you stop taking credit for something you couldn't help? You're just being arrogant. Arrogant? Me? It's... It's Louise. Louise? What about Louise? First Benita Barlow, now this Stephen Bennett. Both dead. But Louise didn't know either one of them. That doesn't mean a thing. Not when you have the... the capacity for evil. The... Evil Eye. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.